everyone. Welcome to the Green by Design podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Um, today's guest is Daniela Chaponich, and she is a feng shui and space healing master. So she's going to teach us a little bit about that today and her journey. But first, let me give you a quick background on her. Um, Daniela is Besides being a space healing and feng shui master, um, she's also a mother of four boys, um, and she has basically been doing a lot of work touching thousands of lives through her books and trainings and private consultations over the past 20 years. Um, so she is a published author three times over, and she is currently in Germany, born in Germany, um, to a family from the Balkans. And her connection to the spirit of nature runs deep. She created the space healing method to help people around the world align their environment to the power of nature and heal old energy so they no longer affect the current lives being lived in these places. So her clients open up a new space to call in their dreams, visions, and desires with joy and ease, which is so beautiful. So I'm so excited to have her and um, she can teach us all about that. Um, so thank you so much for being here. This is a really fun connection. Thank you so much for having me, Erica. I'm so excited and grateful to share um, my work today with you and your um, audience. Yes. Um, now tell us a little bit about, you've been doing this for 20 years now. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in this um, and rewind us all the way back to your journey into this space. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, when it all started, I was 26 and I just graduated university and I was sure I'm going to have a normal career. So I'm going to um, be somewhere involved in marketing projects because this was my, my dream. Like that's what I lived for. Uh, and after I graduated, I already had one son. I was married and um, I had to experience that there was no company who wanted me. I don't know why, it doesn't even matter, but it was really the lowest point of my life. And you realize that your dreams are not going to work out as you wished it. So um, I remember one day um, going through a magazine and they were talking about when you change something in your environment, uh, you're going to like experience a change in your life. And honestly, I didn't believe, maybe in the 26 back then, spirituality, energy, mm -hmm. and all these things, they were just like, not really a topic for me. So I first I thought, yeah, sure, they're lying. <laughs> I don't believe a word they're writing there. But then things didn't get better. And I decided to give it a try. So we decluttered our apartment, my husband and me. And first of all, I was amazed to see how much clutter we had stored in our small apartment and my apartment was really neat but it was cluttered and I didn't realize it so after this weekend decluttering session things started to move and to change in our lives so we got the opportunity within weeks to move into a bigger apartment um, and even for my husband opportunity started to open up and for for me not so much but I understood that there is something else in this world more than we think we know. And I started to follow this energy to learn more about why decluttering changes our lives. So this brought me to Feng Shui. And then I think within a year, I started to learn with um, Chinese Feng Shui masters. 
and um, started my first business when I was 26. Wow, that's such a great story. I have so many thoughts. First of all, I'm just obsessed with decluttering. It's my favorite thing to do. I try and pick a space um, or whatever, you know, like comes naturally once in a while and I'll go through things and just be like, what can I donate or get rid of and just clear this out? So it tends to be cyclical for me. Like I go kind of go through phases, but I always come back to it. Um, so tell me about the relation, tell me a little bit about like the connection or relationship between decluttering and feng shui, because, well, first I'll give you a quick, quick anecdote that it used to be not so much more now, but I used to tell people, oh, I do eco-friendly interior design. And they, some people who didn't maybe quite grasp it or wasn't sure about the vernacular would say, oh, like feng shui. And I would say, no, I actually know nothing about feng shui other than what incorporates, you know, into the basics of design principles about placement of um, furniture and, and, you know, uh, like the flow of walking around. Um, I can't think of the term, but just like the flow of moving around your space and just kind of like the prince, the very basics that um, cross over. Um, but so people always assumed that about me. And I was like, you know, I actually know pretty much not that much about it. So I'm really excited to learn more and be able to help set people straight. And then I guess I'm tagging on the question of what is the relationship between, um, yeah, decluttering and some of the principles in feng shui. Mm -hmm. So the basic principle is feng shui is the flow of life force energy. Mm -hmm. And this is when we declutter, life force energy gets the space to move. And that's the reason why our lives start to change and move after we declutter That's the reason why we experience a sense of freedom and, and spaciousness after decluttering. So I dare to say that sometimes uh, people really get me involved, like addicted to decluttering because you crave the feeling of freedom and spaciousness, right? Oh. So um, this is really um, interesting. So you, um, the, you, you grow sensitive to this energy of, oh, it feels so light here. And it's not only for the eye to have clarity because I'm Feng Shui, we also follow the principle, what you see is what you get. So if you see clutter, so you get more clutter. If you see clarity, you create clarity for your life. So you see opportunities coming. So honestly, when I do consultations, the first step for my clients is to declutter because it doesn't make sense starting to create the space, place the furniture, look for the right colors for the space if the life force energy or chi, how we call it, doesn't have the possibility to flow through the environment. Mm. So that's the connection. And what is that process like? Are you there with them, helping them go through things? Um, I, you know, like with Marie Kondo's book and movement that just exploded all over the world. Are people asking you to do that or what's your process like? Mm -hmm. So I love to keep it really simple. So for me, I um, want to teach people because decluttering is really a process, which you, it's like, it's a part of your life, but it's not the center of your life. So I love to teach uh, my clients really simple principles, how they can start decluttering. For example, 
I tell them just divide your home into chunks. Don't do this. I'm going to declutter my whole house this weekend. <laughs> uh, well, it's like decluttering. It's very emotional. You need to make a lot of decisions and, you know, to bring those to decide where, what things to let go and where to bring them, like all these stuff, because you don't want to, to um, like put everything just into the trash. You want to give it somebody else or however. Yeah. So it just takes time. Right. And so I tell them just do baby steps. So maybe it's a drawer or a cupboard or whatever, a closet, or maybe sometime, some someday then a room, but just chunk it down and set a timer, an hour, two hours, maximum three, because you don't want to be drained by the process. Um, and then I also tell them stop decluttering. So wrap it up when you have the most fun. So usually my clients tell me, are you crazy? <laughs> Why should I do that? So the thing is, when you declutter for a long time and you feel drained after that, you will have more resistance going back to decluttering. But if you remember feeling light and happy and it was fun, then you're more likely to resume decluttering faster. So this is a little trick I use and then um, if you want to identify clutter, I want to give you three questions. And those are everything, what you don't love, need, or use is clutter. Super simple. Super simple. Love, need, yeah. use. And not, yeah. and I, I used to do a little bit of um, what we call organizing, which is, you know, the first step is decluttering, but I would, you know, come across people a lot of times where they would be like, but what if I'm going to use it? I need to save it to use it in the future. And in certain cultures who have experienced um, like generational loss or persecution or hardship, like even, you know, like leftover from the great depression here or whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, whatever it might be, there's um, a fear of scarcity. And like, I can't get rid of this because I might need it. And XYZ. So uh, I've heard mm -hmm. one simple trick of like, if it's under 20 minutes and $20 to purchase it again, don't think about it. If you don't need it, love it, whatever, just get rid of it. But I'm curious mm -hmm. to hear um, how you kind of overcome that obstacle. Yeah. It's a very good question. Um, thank you for asking. And I never heard this trick, like it's $20, 20 minutes. So <laughs> let it go. It's great. So, That's from the I minimalists. Ask... I can't take credit. The, the guys who oh, have cool. the podcast and the um, documentary, they're cool. Yeah. I saw the documentary. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, what I usually recommend is, you know, it's just, it's a thought. It's a, like, you just have the, it's not real. It's a thought, but still we have to honor it. So what I tell my clients is, when you're decluttering, then take one box, medium size, and use this box for items where you cannot make a decision on. Not yet. You just, all these thoughts, put it in there. When you're done, close the box and give yourself a half a year, six months. And if you didn't need anything out of this box, give it away. But don't open it. <laughs> just give it away. <laughs> so this is like one possibility to really um, 
calm down because some people, they really panic like, oh my God, I have to, and I can't, and, and we don't want to go there. So this box is kind of a buffer for, for items where you can make a decision. That's a great tip. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Tell us a little bit more about um, the connection between nature and feng shui and healing and space healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So feng shui is based on nature, nature's principles. So when it was developed, the masters, they have looked into the nature and uh, have seen different principles and then they brought them back to the people. So usually like you just have to think like Feng Shui was developed 5,000 years ago. So people were very, very connected to nature. Yeah. And um, with times they like went to the cities, disconnected to the nature, have different priorities. And Feng Shui is bringing this flow back to the people. So for example, one simple principle in nature is that nature fills up empty space. So if you want to invite something new into your life, you first need to create space for it Mm. on all different levels. I've always heard that you need to create space, but I never knew why. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. So this is one. And the other one is also like in nature, everything, what doesn't grow dies. So it's just, it doesn't mean more and more and more, but it is constant development, constant growth, uh, and constant exchange of energies. So this is also in the chi uh, needs to flow. It cannot be stuck. It needs to flow so that everything can grow. Um, and another principle we also have is the nature is, uh, is like functioning in cycles. So we have spring, uh, the spring, summer, autumn, winter, and then it goes. So nothing is a constant. Mm-hmm. So people very often say, oh, I want constant growth and constant. No, 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 no. Nature doesn't grow constantly. It has ups and downs and times where we like withdraw and then we go out. So and Feng Shui is bringing this principle uh, into our lives through using the compass and the elements and everything. So um, this is the very strong connection. So when you study Feng Shui, you really see the connection to nature. And in Feng Shui, everything is really simple and logical when you see how to connect it to nature. Nothing is like this because it has to be. Feng Shui says it has to be this, this, and that. That's, it's based in the nature. Mm-hmm. And you can explain like really everything, Erica. Mm, that's beautiful. Okay. So once you guys are done um, decluttering, what else, what's the next process with your clients? Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, um, we have this principle, what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. So what I really want to make sure that um, people surround themselves in their space with things which are opening up their view, which are mirroring what they want to invite in their lives. So it doesn't have to be like vision boards all over the place, but it's <laughs> so it's just the feeling of the space. And um, then the next step where I take my clients is into the connection to their home. So in, uh, of course we have the placement of furniture and, and colors and everything, but everything 
can really only work then if you have a connection to your home. And um, I call my company Soul and Space because I do believe that every house and every home has a soul. And when we connect to the soul and we start treating our space like an ally, um, we are going to be amazed how much empowerment we're going to get from our space. So you, like, it's a manifestation space. When you talk through space, when, for example, when I'm leading my certifications, I used to lead them in person. So when I entered my office, I'm like, okay, my dear, today we are welcoming 12 new uh, people who are going to learn Feng Shui. So I really tell my space what you're up to. Oh. Okay, I open up the energy, tell them, oh, this client is coming in. Let's support her. Let's make her see all that needs to be seen. And so we set really the energy. We talk into the space. And so we open up um, the container for success, for example. Wow. I never even thought of that. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of, what kind of um, issues or what kind of struggles do people have that they come across and then feel like they need your help with to clear out to, um, as you put in your bio, you know, call in their best vision and dreams and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, usually people turn to Feng Shui when they have tried like everything else and it doesn't work. They're like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. Um, and usually the feeling is, I know I should do better, but I have tried everything and I, it's, it's not really working. And I'm wondering why. Or um, when I go to a workshop or work with a coach, I feel so inspired. And then I go home and the inspiration leaves. Or I'm so happy on vacation and filled with energy. And I come home and my home drains my energy. Mm-hmm. So when they make this connection between when I somewhere else, I feel strong, inspired and healthy. But when I come home, I lose everything. That's when they turn to Feng Shui because they sense the matter is the space. Mm-hmm. So the blockage is somewhere in the space. And that's where Feng Shui is, is really perfect to solve this. Um, well, I was just going to ask what, oh, oh, so to walk us through the um, rest of the process, what does that look like for you? So um, when we, when, for example, when a client comes with any kind of problem, then I um, love to see their space, um, be it online or in person, it depends where they are. And then um, the thing is that the space shows you why the people I experience what they're experiencing. For example, I always love to say, if the chi is not flowing, I mean, the simplest thing everybody of us has experienced, including me, is like, my life is not like flowing. I feel stuck. Okay, I declutter and my life gets into flow. So this is the very basic thing, but it's not always the clutter. Hmm. Sometimes the energy is fl- uh, flowing through too fast through um, the space. So it's like, having diarrhea right there you eat and it gets just out of you and you feel drained and tired and whatever so mm-hmm. when you imagine a home you open up the entrance door and the first thing you see is the backyard that's like the life force energy flows just through ah 
Interesting. Okay. So this home then cannot hold wealth and abundance and energy because everything just flies through. Think about, you know, the diarrhea thing, right? Mm. So what we want to do is redirect the chi. So uh, in Feng Shui, we see space in the same way like, like our bodies. So we breathe in and the air is going through our lungs and then it's distributed to the whole body and then we breathe out. So it's a perfect system. And that's what we want to have in our home. So the chi comes in through the entrance door, that's the mouth. And then we want to have the chi, of course, upper floors where the bedrooms are. We want to have it in the kitchen, living room, everywhere. And then it can flow out through the windows because we breathe in and breathe out. And the home also needs to breathe in and out. And the way how we can um, make sure that the chi flows everywhere is if you start seeing Feng Shui as a curious child and the child loves to go to places or the spaces where it's bright and beautiful and color, like beautiful colors. So, and if a space is cluttered or dark or the energy is somehow off, um, a child wouldn't go there. Mm. So chi doesn't either. So without making it too complicated, as I said, Feng Shui is not really complicated. So when you go through your home and usually clients already know. So if a listener is listening, if somebody's listening to this now, it's like, oh, I know what she's talking about. This space there, this corner, mm, I don't like going there. We know where those corners are. We really know. So then it's time now to um, think about how can I bring the curious, curious chi into the space. Mm. What does it need? Does it need light? Does it need decluttering? Does it maybe only need my attention and appreciation? Like, thank you for being there. Sometimes we don't need all not need uh, or use all rooms if the house is very big. So we can still go to those rooms which are empty and say, oh, I appreciate you because this room is also a part of your body. I have to do that in a corner because <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with it. There's um, a corner in our living room. We have a, a, a you know, certain kind of layout and the sofa is all taking up this whole back wall and it's a U-shaped. So it has a chaise on this side and a chaise on this side. And we always gravitate to the chaise on this side and not on this side. It is mm -hmm. against a window. So maybe it just feels a little bit more exposed. Uh, mm -hmm. But I was so excited to like get the second chaise so we could like both have like places to lay our legs out and none of mm -hmm. us are over there. And I don't know what's wrong with it. Yeah. And I have to talk yeah. to it. Okay. Yeah. Talk to it. Yes. Do so. There's a, there's mm -hmm. a light over there. There's pillows. It's just something. Okay. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that is really, really interesting. Um, let's, my next two questions are, we can take them one by one, would be like, what are, and you might have, you might just be reiterating, but what are your top three, like best feng shui tips that can really apply to the most people? And then my question after that is going to be, what would you want interior designers to know about um, space healing and feng shui. Mm -hmm. Oh, very good. Okay. So um, the basic three tips is 
well, we talked about it already a little. So it is the decluttering, really, really, really. It just like, it's so powerful. The next thing is the chi flow. What I just said, like, make sure that you have, I love to call them chi attraction points. So these are the points where you bring the chi into every corner of your house. Um, and the third one is start talking to a home. Okay. And let me okay. re- go back to the chi attraction points. So what are a couple ways that we can re-attract it? Um, which you already mentioned one is the talking. Um, and then I think you mentioned like, it could be something like light or color or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like what are some other things I'm missing there? Uh, paintings. Okay. Uh, pictures, also family pictures, which really like light, light always attracts chi. Um, yeah, so those are like really the interior design you would use anyways, but then you have maybe a brighter picture and a darker picture. And then you look at the walls and like, oh, this picture would be here more prominent. So let's put it there. And the other one would like be prominent here. So that's how you would like uh, create those chi attraction points. And you could even enhance them if you put some like shine lights on those paintings. So mm-hmm. they brighten up even more. Uh, in Feng Shui, very often fountains are used also, but people need to love for water. Feng Shui means a wind and water, right? Mm. So if you uh, love water, love having water in your home, putting up a Feng Shui fountain, but never put a Feng Shui fountain in the south corner of your house because the south is connected to fire and the fountain is, of course, water. So you're creating a tension there. So this is like the one most important rule about fountains. Um, that if you like those, fountains are great chi attraction points. You can use those too. Okay, wow. Okay, so we've got um, the decluttering, the chi attraction points, and the speaking to your house as if it's a living organism. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and you will really feel how the house starts embracing you and giving you energy and yeah it's like when you talk to a friend and the friend starts really opening his his or her heart to you and you really feel embraced and welcomed and cherished this is the energy you can create in the house just by opening your heart and connecting from heart to heart that's lovely I'm gonna have to start that um how long did it take you to, when you, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned that you started, you know, just like not really believing it. And then you kind of tried a little bit, how long did it take you to really like embrace all of these principles that are, um, just outside of the norms we're brought up with in our, you know, kind of non-energetic closed (laughs) lives. Like, you know, unless you're really have someone like that in your life, in your upbringing, like this is also, you know, foreign to people. How, how was your journey in coming to embrace some of these principles that seem a little bit uh, more abstract or um, not confusing, but just outside of the box? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I started to make connections to things which are already known to people, Mm. um, this is where really a world opened up for me. So for Feng Shui, they're like, yeah, Feng Shui, well, 
some esoteric tool, you put something in your corner and blah, 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 all these things. So and I told them, have you ever experienced an acupuncture? And like, yeah, when I had this back pain. I said, yeah, you see, Feng Shui is the same principle like acupuncture, but for your space. And they're like, what? I don't, and then you can explain like acupuncture is about the chi in your body. And then the chi in your meridians are, is like clattered. The acupuncture needle opens up this blockage and the chi can flow. So you feel more energized. We do the same thing in the space with the chi attraction points. And you don't even need to use feng shui remedies like bells and whatever. You just use interior design. Wonderful. Now I distracted you from the other question, which was mm -hmm. the connection. Well, if you could like, you know, cause I do like to tar um, like to target with this podcast, other interior designers, maybe people learning about green interior design. So for other designers, home pros or design, just enthusiasts, what can mm -hmm. we take on board? Like, what would you wish that every designer knew about space healing and feng shui that we might mm -hmm. be ignoring? And it kind of bothers you when you walk into a hotel lobby or a, um, <laughs> a bar or someone's home that was designed. You're like, oh, they didn't blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Thank you for this question. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, you know, I experienced um, so beautiful homes and people are looking at me like, don't tell us we're crazy, but we don't feel good in this home. Not because the design is off, but it's not aligned with the energy of the people and the space. And my like my idealistic wish would be that um, architect, uh, architects and interior designer would know some basic principles about feng shui when they place colors, you know, there are elements and how to place colors. And what I just said, like chi attraction points, um, just through their work, which they're already doing naturally, very beautiful, um, but just place it a little bit differently. And I always say good feng shui is not seen, it's felt. So, um, my experience is also that people are connecting feng shui to so many remedies and that the home needs to look a certain way when it's feng shui, but it doesn't. We can implement, you know, remember feng shui is 5,000 years old. The feng shui masters didn't have a shop to buy hmm. stuff. They worked with nature and what was there. So um, if you just like take the chi principle and chi uh, attraction points and have this in mind when designing a home or placing pictures and furnitures, just have this, like how does the energy flow through our bodies and how I, would I love to have the energy flow in the space? This would be really a great, great step. And um, then you also mentioned this space healing. That's uh, the method I have developed through like being curious and, um, also getting to points with Feng Shui where I couldn't help my clients because the Feng Shui was perfect, but the energy was off. Hmm. And the space healing is all about looking into energies which are in the space from the past. So be it the past owners or be it in the earth because of like a mother earth knows everything. So if we built our house on our old, well, the easiest 
the easiest uh, example is always cemeteries because they were all over the place and then just times changed and cities were built and whatever. So very often we don't even know it that if we have this energy at our in our home, um, you cannot remedy with feng shui. And this is where the healing activation and the space uh, the space healing comes in so that we can really acupuncture the earth and release those energies so that nature's energy can um, come up again and hold the energy of the space. I love that. Well, this has been so enlightening. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Um, the last thing is for you to tell everyone listening one place where they can find you and learn more. Of course. So the best place would be go to my website. It's um, soulinspace.com. And then you can see like everything. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, this has been just fabulous. Thank you so much for joining. Um, and we will have to um, touch base soon. Thank you so much. It's been really exciting. Thanks.